So Deuteronomy chapter 8, Deuteronomy chapter 8, and uh, I was going to read the whole chapter, but uh, we'll go through it, but I'll just read verses 1 through 3 to start us off. Deuteronomy 8, verses 1 through 3, say this in the Word of God. And all the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live and multiply, and go in and possess the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know what man doth, that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. So uh, let's pray again, please. Heavenly Father, again, we come before you tonight through the blood and name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for uh, uh, Paul tonight and, uh, Lord, his uh, testimony. And, uh, Lord, just continue to work in and through his life. And, uh, Lord, we uh, pray for, uh, dear God, that you would help us, Lord, as we look at this portion of Scripture. You would challenge us and guide us. Lord, again, we think of the prayer request tonight. We think of Sister Carpenter as she's recovering from surgery. Please be with her. Lord, we thank you those for the, we pray for those with heavy hearts tonight. We think of uh, Sister Pitt and her family, Brother Wood and his family, and uh, others, uh, dear God, uh, that have uh, had uh, recent deaths in their family, and then those that have uh, with great sickness uh, in their family. Lord, I think of my uh, brother Jerry tonight. Lord, I think of uh, Sister Karen tonight. Please, uh, uh, Lord, uh, watch over here and give the doctors uh, uh, wisdom as uh, she goes in. And uh, Lord, uh, many things have been brought before you tonight. And we're glad that you care, dear God, about the details of our life and that we could commit these things to you. Now, I pray for those that are here. I pray for those that are listening. Lord, have your will and way in our heart through thy word and through thy spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, of course, uh, uh, you know, we know about uh, the children of Israel and wandering through uh, the wilderness. We'll talk a little bit about that. But, you know, as we think about the children of Israel wandering through the wilderness, we need to realize there's a lot of people wandering uh, today, just wandering through life and uh, really with uh, no purpose. They seem to have no direction or purpose. But, of course, we know God uh, took the children of Israel uh, through the wilderness and uh, we're going to see some uh, things about uh, that uh, tonight. Now, as we look at the uh, uh, Deuteronomy, you know, he was talking about that psalm being quoted a lot. Well, the book of Deuteronomy is quoted a lot in the New Testament as well. And uh, we know the Lord quoted the book of Deuteronomy many times. And as we think about the children of Israel being in the wilderness, well, we know that uh, God had brought them out of Egypt. And we know that, of course, Egypt is a picture of the world. And of course, when the Lord delivered Israel out of uh, Egypt, uh, what did he do? He broke the power of the nation of Egypt, right? He, he basically destroyed that nation. And of course, that's a beautiful picture about how when he delivered us, he broke the power of sin and he broke the power of Satan when he delivered us. I like 1 John 3, 8, which, which says, For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of of the devil. That's a good verse to uh, uh, claim when you go to those abortion clinics, right? He came to destroy the works of the devil, which those certainly are. And of course, his goal was to get him to Canaan land, 
right? And of course, we know they eventually got there, but we need to remember that Canaan land does not represent heaven, but the life of victory for believers that we can have if we'll move forward and trust God to work. For Christ, amen, he came to give us life and he came to give us abundant life and he wants us to have a life of victory. But, of course, uh, they went through the wilderness, and the wilderness represents, of course, the battle of the flesh and uh, failures and what happens when we fail to exercise faith. And uh, when we look at things and we see our circumstances as bigger than our God that watches over us. And uh, we need to see our God is bigger than anything. But as we uh, look at this, let's uh, begin in verse 3 and notice the statement here. It says, and he humbled thee, and notice this statement, uh, suffered thee to hunger. Notice that statement, suffered thee to hunger. Now, we know that they ate manna in the wilderness, but uh, what had brought that about? Well, he says he suffered them to hunger first. God allowed them to get hungry. He put them through a test. He put them through a time of learning. Now, let me ask you a question here. If someone were to ask you, what are the evidence of God's goodness in your life? What are the evidence of God's care for you? How would you answer that? You say, well, hey, you got a good God. Well, tell me how God, uh, uh, tell me a way that God is good to you. Tell me a way uh, that shows that God cares for you. Anybody want to uh, give a quick answer on that? Uh, yes, brother. He shed his blood for me. He shed his blood for me. Right? He meets my needs. She did. She got a new car. And uh, we, won't, we won't mention whether it's better than Joshua's or not, but it is a nice car. Yes, Sister Sherry. Richly blessed. All right. You know, usually when we, when we, uh, when we uh, are asked a question like that, right, uh, uh, we, we, you know, we would say, oh, well, you know, I've got a nice place to live and all these things. Well, let me say, how often would you answer this or would you answer, would you say, God is good? How do I, let me tell you how I know God's good. He has suffered me to hunger. How many would give that answer, huh? Yeah, that'd be a good answer to give somebody a witness or two. Well, let me tell you, God's good. Well, what do you mean God's good? Give me an example of God's good. Well, I'll tell you one way God's good. He suffered me to hunger. <laughs> how many would give that answer? Well, you know, uh, uh, that's what uh, we see here. It says he suffered them to hunger. God allowed them to hunger and he allowed them to hunger. Why? For the purpose of teaching them. You know, if you th now, think about this again, usually when you ask people about God's goodness, they're going to say, well, man, you know, I got I got uh, uh, they're going to talk about, you know, I got a roof over my head. I got food on my table. I got clothes on my back. And that's true. But let me say this. If you consider only things like having a good job, being healthy, having a nice house and such, if you only think along these lines as proofs of God's goodness and care for you, which they are, amen, I'm glad I got a roof over my head, it's been raining this week, amen, I'm glad I got a place to stay dry, I'm glad when I opened uh, the refrigerator day there was uh, uh, something in there, I'm glad I got clothes on my back. But if you only think along these lines as proofs of God's goodness and care for you, I would say this, you're falling short in truths from God's word about the importance and 
effort he makes in our lives, amen, to, in the things that he does to help build our relationship with him, amen, and, and, and draw us unto himself. The Bible teaches that even in times of trial, even in times of testing, that these are part of God's goodness in our lives. And because it usually takes such times, it usually requires such times to learn and for us to finally surrender to a life of obedience. And whatever God does to, amen, sort of break us down and, and help us stay focused, it's worth it. I've said this before, whatever you have to go through, and it's funny to me to use that term, amen, in your service for God, it's worth it. You know, again, I look back over uh, 34 years of serving the, uh, uh, serving the Lord, over 30 years of full-time service, you know, and I think, man, I look back and, you know, I've been kicked out of countries. I've been kicked out of villages. I've had my uh, apartment burn up. I've had the, 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 the mafia break in and th this happened and that happened. But you know what? I look back over those years. And you know what? I say I have no complaints. I'm not saying it was easy. I'm not saying I'd want to go through that stuff again. But I look back and I say, I can say he doeth all things well. I can say he is faithful because I see how he took those things to work in my life. I see how he took those things and show me even though I like having things, you know, you think, well, man, your apartment burned up. You lost all your stuff. Well, you know what? Uh, a couple times when I when I was in the States, when I was going overseas, I left my stuff uh, one time at a church. And I said, well, hey, let's leave some of the stuff here so we know it'll be okay. Well, when I came back next on furlough, uh, some kids had broken in and stolen it all. Another time I left a bunch of stuff at a, at a friend's garage. Well, I came back and uh, a, a bunch of rats had been all over that and decided that was their place in this and ruined everything there. So, hey, you know what I mean? So, uh, listen, uh, there's always your stuff can be destroyed. But, hey, let me tell you, God is good. And so the Bible teaches, again, that even in times of trial and testing, that these are parts of God's goodness in our lives because, again, it usually takes such times for us to learn to fully surrender to a life of obedience. Listen to some of these verses. I uh, See, I'm just going to be able to in, maybe introduce this. Psalm 119, verse 67 says this, Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now have I kept thy word. Why has he kept his word now? Well, because he, God brought affliction into his life. And that he was going astray, but then God brought some affliction and brought him back to where he needed to be. Verse 71 of Psalm 119. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn thy statute. Why was it good to be afflicted? That I may learn. Verse 75 of Psalm 119. I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right. Listen to this. And that in faithfulness thou hast afflicted me. So when I look back and I see all those things that have happened again, not that I enjoyed them at the time, to be honest, I see that, hey, God was using those things to work uh, uh, in, in, in my life. And teach me patience, right? Patience. As a man, if I wanted patience, I'd have been a doctor. All doctors have lots of patience, right? Amen. <laughs> right. So Hebrews 5.8 says this. Now, here's an interesting verse. Talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 5.8. Though he were a son, talking about Jesus, yet learned he obedience. How? Think about that. Jesus had to learn obedience, and how did he learn it? Through, through the things which he suffered. Wow, what a verse. So, to obey the Lord, listen to this, is not simply doing what he wants you to do, 
but it's delighting in doing what he wants you to do. Psalm 48 says this, I delight to do thy will, oh my God. Hey, I mean, are you saying, well, I got to go to church. Well, I got to read my Bible. Well, I got to go out and witness to somebody who's saying, hey, man, uh, thank God. Amen. Uh, I, man, I, when I get up in the morning, I delight. Boy, I do. I, when I get up in the morning, I delight to get alone with God and spend that time listening to Psalms or praying and uh, or reading the Word of God. I delight to that. I delight to be in, in, in the house of God. I delight to come in here every service and have Sister Judy pick on me. I mean, I look forward to that. I look forward to that. Sister Myers is getting pretty tough on me too. So, you know, you got to watch these people, right? But listen, I delight, amen, to be in the house of God. The word delight means to have pleasure in, to be pleased with. Psalm 37, 4 says this, Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee desires in thy heart. When his desires, when his desires become our delight, he will delight to fulfill our desires. Now, uh, let's get back over here on this thought. Turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 1. Now, remember, uh, they, they, they had to take that time through the wilderness. Something interesting here, Deuteronomy chapter 1, we'll read verses 1 through 3, say this. I'll try to be quicker. It says, These be the words which Moses spake unto all Israel on this side Jordan, where? In the wilderness, in the plain over against the Red Sea between Paran and Tophel and Laban and Hazaroth and Dizahab. Verse 2, There are eleven days' journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir unto Kadesh Barnea. And it came to pass in the fortieth year, in the eleventh month, on the first day of the month, that Moses spake unto the children of Israel according unto all that the Lord had given him in commandment unto them. Now I want you to notice something. Now, when he brought him out of Egypt, where did he want to get him? He wanted to get him over to Kadesh Barnea. He wanted to get him into Canaan land. Notice the length of the journey from Horeb to Kadesh Barnea. What's it say in verse 2? How long was it? 11 days journey. It was only an 11 days journey. Boy, you talk about it. Sometimes you'll ask uh, somebody how far it is. Well, it's a, it, it's a, it's eight-hour drive down to Pensacola from here. Well, I made it in six. Well, what's that tell you? You know, uh, they were speeding a little bit. Now, um, what an amazing thing. Israel was able to cram an 11-day journey into 40 years. <laughs> what an amazing thing. They crammed an 11-day journey into 40 years. Think about that. Well, let me ask you this question. How many times in our life it was a short journey for us to God's will? It was a short journey for us to God's blessings. It was a short journey to victory in our life. It was a short journey to getting that prayer answered, but it became a seemingly unending journey because of our unbelief and failure to surrender and be obedient to God or surrender to God. Should have been a short journey, amen, but it ended up being a long journey. Boy, I've seen that a lot of times in people's lives. You know, two, three years later, you know, God calls him to, a young man to preach. And, you know, uh, 10 years later, after he's been out there watering in the wilderness, he finally uh, uh, surrenders. Should have been a short journey, amen, uh, to, his, to surrender into that. And boy, a lot of people surrendering uh, uh, to God's will for life. Should have been a short journey, but it ended up being a long journey. How many of God's children now 
are wandering in the wilderness tonight because their focus is wrong. Because their focus is wrong. God had to let, listen, so we go back over here to Deuteronomy uh, 8, right? And so we see again that verse 3, it says, He humbled thee, and what? Suffered thee to hunger. God had to let them get hungry so he could teach them. Now, we know the manna is a good thing. But we must learn that God's word is more important than any earthly nutrient. It's God's word that sustains the believer. Job 23, 12 says this, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. So there are other things mentioned in these verses God wants us to learn. Let's be go back up to verse 1 quickly. It says, All the commandments which I commanded thee this day shall you notice this word, observe. God wants us to learn to be observant. Observe means to be on one's guard, to watch carefully over, to maintain, to attach oneself to. So, notice that a statement, observe what? To do. God wants us to pay attention to what he's trying to do in our life. God wants us to pay attention to his word that we might what? Learn to do his word, learn to do his will, learn to do his work. Why? So we can enjoy the victory. Look what's mentioned in this verse. He says to do what? That she may live and multiply and go in and possess the land. Why does God want us to observe his word? Why does he want us to be a doer of the word? Why does he want us to be obedient? Because again, he wants blessings in our life. And what are there to live? Amen. To live a victorious Christian life, to multiply. The Bible talks about the, his grace and things being multiplied in our life that we might go in and what? Possess. You know what that word possess means? To drive out, to conquer. You know what that means? For us to possess, others have to move out so we can move in. You, he, he, you're supposed to go in, but not to cohabitate. Amen. We're supposed to be driving these things. You notice what happened every time Israel tried to go in and cohabitate or allow somebody to cohabitate with them. Well, I think we've killed enough of them. And besides, I'm tired of carrying my own buckets of water. Amen. We need somebody else to do that. We see that never worked out for them, did it? And so we don't need, and that's talking about in our life, amen? We don't need to cohabitate with sin in our life, amen? He wants, to get, he wants us to get rid of it, and amen, and allow him to possess every area of our life so we can possess, amen, all the blessings that he has for us. So, one, he wants, quickly, he wants us to learn to be observant. Pay attention to what he's trying to uh, do in our life. Pay attention to what he wants to show us. Verse 2. Quickly, and thou shalt what? Remember. Learning the importance of remembering. Look what it says. Thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee. All, remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee. Boy, it's, it's a blessing to look back over 30-something years and look at all the way that God's led me in his faithfulness. God does things. And God allows things so we can understand as well as he, look at what it goes on to say, that I led these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee. Why? Why did he humble thee? Why did he? To know what was in thine heart, 
whether thou wouldest keep this commandment or so. See, God does these things and to stir us up that we might really know as he wants to know what is really in our heart and whether we do things, do things, right? Simply because it's the right thing to do. Not just because everything is going our way. Hey, God's blessing me, man. I got a roof on my head, clothes on my back, shoes on my feet. So you know what? I think I'm going to listen to God today. (laughs) No, that's not why we listen to God. Hey, great things if we have those. But if he took those things away today, we ought to still, amen, say God is good. And we should still have a desire to be obedient because he's worthy, first of all, not because of what he's done for us. First of all, he's worthy because of who he is. That doesn't change. Though other things might change change your life. And amen, uh, 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 it, because it's the right thing to do according to uh, the word of God. Quickly, verse five, then it says also, thou shalt consider, thou shalt consider in thine heart. Boy, that's the best place to consider things, amen, uh, in your heart. Consider in thine heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. We must realize that part of proper love and concern for a child is chastening. Boy, they forgot that in this generation for the most part, uh, didn't they? You know, uh, they've forgotten about that. But listen, we remember God loves us and he loves you as your heavenly father. And so chastening and discipline is part of that. Hebrews 12, five and six. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Thank God. Amen. Not only can I look back over 30-something years of him watching over me, but I can look back over 34 years that when all of a sudden I, of, of convicting power of the Holy Spirit, a convicting power of the word of God and God showing me I was his child because I got convicted, because I got chased and dealt with me, amen, to help keep me on the straight and narrow, to help me keep me close to him. And so that's a good thing to consider. Oh, why did he allow that to come into my life? Because he loves you and he wants you to stay close to him, amen? And he wants you to live a life of victory. Quickly, verses 11 through 17, learning to stay grounded. We need to learn to stay grounded when prosperity comes. They're getting ready to enter into the promised land. And read this quickly together, verses 11 through 17. Beware that thou forget not that the Lord thy God Right? And not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, when I command thee, which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and are full, and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, notice as he's warning them against what happens when they get these blessings. And when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied. Then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through the great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought. I don't know if they made suckers out of those scorpions or not back then, but a scorpions and drought where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of Flint who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, why, that he might humble thee, that he might prove thee 
to do thee good at the latter end. Look at that, to do thee good at the latter end. And thou say in thine heart, my power and the might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth. He's challenging them, amen? We need to learn to stay grounded when prosperity comes. There's nothing wrong with having things as long as things don't have you. Many of God's servants, especially in the Old Testament and some in the New Testament, were blessed financially. So we know there's nothing wrong with wealth. But sometimes times of prosperity can have a worse effect on believers and the church than times of difficulty. You know, we're complaining about everything going on in our nation, but you know what? Hey, maybe it's not a good thing for our nation what's going on, but it might be a good thing for the church. It might be a good thing for believers, amen, to get back more serious with God, to get back, amen, to praying. As I've said before, we get mad because everybody else came out of the closet. Well, the first ones to come out of the closet were Christians, amen. They came out of the prayer closet. And if we get back in the prayer closet, everybody else will get back in the closet, amen. But listen, uh, uh, and so listen, God brings these things, amen, perhaps to work in the church. So Proverbs 30, verse 8 says, Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me, lest I be full and deny thee, and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and still, and take the name of my God in vain. So uh, uh, may God teach us to be grounded no matter what's going on in our life or where we find ourselves on the social scale, if you will. I'm trying to finish up here with this. Obedience to God is the real evidence of recognizing God's blessings on our lives. It is delighting to do His will, whether hungry or full. Whether hungry or full. Listen, I've, I've walked into, when I was a missionary, I've walked into church, amen, with some money in my pocket and a little bit of money in the bank. I've walked into, I've walked into church just when I was a missionary. I'm lucky if I had a quarter in my pocket. But you know what? Hopefully nobody could tell the difference. Hopefully nobody could tell the difference. Hey, uh, have I ever have I ever been hungry? Sure, when, when I was on the mission field, especially back in the early days when banking, it wasn't easy to get money in other countries. Sure, you know, I remember a time we didn't, we, money didn't come in and, 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 we, and we didn't have any food and, and my wife got uh, bedridden for a few days because if she doesn't have meat or something, she gets, she gets weak easy. And she, got, she was in bed and all that. And I don't want to get on that. I'm not, and I'm not whining about that. You know, I'm saying, hey, if that for whatever reason, if that if that Lord had us go through that those few days, you know what? God was still good. God was still good. Amen. God is good no matter what's going on. He's good just because he's God and he knows what we need to have in our life at a particular time. So, amen. We are going to follow him. Anyway, I didn't go to bed. I'm quitting. No, I'm not going to quit. I'm just going to go look for something deep. That's what I'm going to do. Amen. We must always keep before us that God, it is God that allows us to have what we have and get what we get. Let's finish this up quickly. Verses 18 through 20. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, and that he may establish his covenants, which he swear unto thy fathers, as it is this day. And it shall be, if thou do at all forget the Lord thy God, and walk after the gods, and serve them, and worship them, I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroyeth before your face, so shall ye perish, because ye would not be obedient 
unto the voice of the Lord. And that's why he allows all these things. Amen. He just, just he wants obedient children. If God has to allow hunger, if you will, and other things to come into our life that we might learn what we should, let it be. Because whether hungry or full, God is good. Amen. So let's understand that God wants us to know our place in his great purpose for our lives. God must at times humble us to remind us that we need his provision and blessing and that it comes from him. And to realize that God will chasten his children when they are disobedient to him and thank God that he loves us enough to do that. And to learn that times of prosperity can be more dangerous than times of trouble because often it's in those times of blessing that we forget God. So listen, if he, you know, he says, I suffered thee to hunger. Hey, listen, uh, thank God. Amen. As far as I know, everybody's got, uh, anybody here that doesn't have something in the refrigerator? I mean, at least a little bread. Do I need to buy anybody a sandwich before uh, we go home? Thank God. Amen. That we can say God has been good and I have those things. But if by chance, amen, tomorrow we shouldn't have those things. Amen. Listen, we're not going to quit. Amen. We're going to continue to trust him and know that whatever, for whatever reason he allowed that into our life. Amen. He knows the reason and what he's trying to do in our life. And we can trust him and we can continue to be obedient. Let's pray.